Welcome in Iowa Hawkeye fans to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. I am Luke Myers. Joey and Austin are uh, doing it over Skype tonight. Fellas, how we doing? Um, uh, you know, pretty good, act. You know, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to say that I'm not doing good. I was a two seed for the first time since 1987 or whatever, so that's cause for celebration. Yeah, um... Still got a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth from that game on Saturday, but I'm getting over it slowly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that Illinois is just better than we are. Like, we could have oh. played better, absolutely, but there's no there's no shame in losing to them because they're, they're just no, really, it, really good. There's no shame in losing to them, but I don't know. If we, are we going to talk about this game right away or what? Yeah, I mean. Okay, well, the effort that was put in by – the Hawkeyes on Saturday, not for the whole game, but there was like a three to five possession stretch in the first half where I was embarrassed to be in that stadium as an Iowa fan. I like sunk in my chair from what appeared to be the lack of effort by the Hawkeyes. There was like three or four possessions in a row where Illinois had like fast break dunks or fast break layups and not a single person on the court in an Iowa, Iowa uniform was hustling at all like i i know on fast breaks you're not gonna try to bust your ass down the court every time but nobody was moving and like to even inbound the ball like the ball was just rolling around on the floor for five seconds before anybody picked it up i was just like i was very frustrated with that and that didn't go on the whole game but that i don't know it just it seemed definitely from the tip of that game illinois wanted it more and i think that was pretty obvious well i what drove me nuts about the play in the Big Ten tournament by the Hawks was the de- defense. Uh, the defense was fine against Wisconsin, but when we went up against Cockburn, he just absolutely raped us. And it was be- it was obvious, like what was ha- like we were doubling Luke, where we were sending Luca to double on screens up at top of the key, and Cockburn would just float down to the bottom, and it would result in a pretty uncontested hammer. What did he have it in the first half? Eighteen points. It's it's not that we were sending Luca to double. It's just that teams, especially teams that have a good center, like what Illinois does, knows that Luca is not the greatest defender, and he's vulnerable in the screen and roll situation. And time after time, you know, Coburn would go up, Cockburn. Let's not call him Coburn, but uh, Cockburn would go up and set a screen, and then Luca, time after time, would keep switching on to, you know, if it was Desumu or the point guard or whoever it was that was bringing up the ball, he'd switch. And then Cockburn, who is, he's fucking built. Like, he is a big dude. He just rolled to the hoop, and we have no no other size on the court outside of Luka. And, like, it happened a lot in the Wisconsin game before that, too, where Luka kept getting pulled out on on the screen and roll. But, like, with Wisconsin, their centers, at least, like, incredibly shoot from three-point range with illinois cockburn was not about to be putting up threes so there was no reason for him to commit to switching on to you know whoever was the ball handler because it just ended up backfiring every single time and that's like a defensive it's not i'm not putting the blame squarely on luca although like we all know his defense isn't the greatest more than anything i feel like that's a coaching issue to not identify that and then like just sit him down and be like, "Hey, this is what they're doing. We cannot continue to do this because they burned us on it so many times in that first half." Yeah, and I'm hesitant. Yeah, like Austin was saying, I'm hesitant to put the blame on Luca there too because we don't have a, we don't have another big. Yeah, and we're coming off a of back to back, so th- I'll cut him some slack on that. But like, you look at the game that he, uh, that uh, Cockburn had yesterday against Ohio State. He had somewhat a pedestrian game. I think he had like 16 points. Against EJ Liddell Who's and Liddell is six seven. Yeah. I th- I think uh, if we had another some body that w- or that we would have known about that we could put in like I, against Illinois, they brought in a gondola for the end of the first half. That's the and, best coaching decision Gar- or McCaffrey has made the entire season, and that was br- yeah, it was awesome. And bully him around doesn't matter if he get if he picks up a foul because he's not going to contribute, but. We just, without Nunji, we don't have a second big man depth. So then, like, Luca, who's already not great at defense, like, can't overcommit to things because if he gets in foul trouble early, we're especially screwed. So, like, just having a Gundelay out there, he only played a minute, 
but he was able to just like physical up Cockburn and just like he played good defense and it was at the end of a half where Luca couldn't pick up another foul. That was a great, great coaching decision by McCaffrey there. Um, and I think like especially in the tournament with you know with Nunji not without him being available, that is the thing that concerns me the most about this team is depth at the center position. Like if Luca picks up two fouls in a first half, first of all, McCaffrey would have to absolutely would have to like give up on his rule of sitting the person for the rest of the half, depending on how much time is left. But it just puts us in such a bad spot, not so much offensively because we have enough guys that can put the ball in the hoop, but from the defensive end, like if we play a team that has a big center, like grand Canyon's got a seven footer averages like 16 points a game and 10 rebounds. If Luca gets into foul trouble early there, that could be a big problem for us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to say we have a bunch of scores, but what did we go the first four minutes the other day without a bucket? And like we, the droughts still happen way more frequently than I'd like. It's just it's so confusing why it happens from time to time. Like if it wasn't for Bohannon scoring eleven and Wheezy twelve in the first half the other day, like. That game is terribly out or like over at half. Whereas, what were we down eight, six? Yeah, and that was that was a disaster in itself. Oh my god, that, that last possession of the first that half. last sequence oh. pissed me off. I think more than anything that's happened this entire year, we're down six points. You have the ball. You can dri- like you can dribble it out to the last shot. At worst, you're going into halftime. You think down six. At best, you get it down to three or four. And then we just have a, a lazy, sloppy turnover, which turns into a dunk for Illinois to end the half. And then instead of going in down six, you're down eight. Illinois carries all of the momentum with them. I feel like that was a big moment in the game because, like, you even if you just take that lead down to six, like, you're feeling a lot better. But then just the way that it unfolded, it was it could not have been a worse finish to the first half. I would have been 100% okay with they ran the old Mike Casella offense there where he just dribbles it up the court, dribbles out the clock, and, <laughs> and then either drives or puts up a shot. Did, have Bohannon bring that ball up the court, hold it for 25 seconds, shoot it. Shoot a 30-footer. Because yeah, that's about – You cannot let Illinois score on that possession. Yeah. That was real bad. That was – yeah. And then I will Il- say Illinois pushed it out to 15, I think, to start the second half then. But, yeah, Joey, what <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the way that we ended the first – first half and started the second half was an absolute train wreck of a disaster like i think they they rattled off like an 8-0 run like before the first media timeout it, i don't want to say it buried us like then and there because we did end up getting it down to five points with like three and a half minutes left but it just took all the air out of us and it made the hill that we have to climb so much bigger and against a team like illinois especially like in an Iowa-Illinois game where there's recently kind of some bad blood and, like, the teams just straight up don't like each other, it makes the task so much more difficult when, like, you your own just mental mistakes create, like, a bigger challenge than what already just beating Illinois is. And obviously you want to win that game and play in the Big Ten Championship. That's obviously the, the best option. But I think losing that game might be a good thing for us in the long run because you don't have to turn over and play a highly intense game the next day. And I don't know if what a, their la- lack of effort, I hate to call it that, but they looked slow out there. And I don't know if that's like CJ, he doesn't look healthy. Well, and after the game, Fran said that him, like him and Wheezy, yeah. really like we're just a not week looking right at the end of the game. A week off for those two could do them wonders. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows Luca needs it. So I think, I, that that's the silver lining for me there is that they're getting some time to take care of themselves before we need them mm-hmm. on Saturday. If you want another silver lining, uh, I was listening to part of my take today and, and they had John Rothstein on there and he said that seven of the last eight uh, NCAA tournament champions did not win their conference tournament. Yep. I, I, I heard that yesterday or something like that, but I don't know if that's just coincidence or what. It, it's a trend. It is. Well, silver linings, Luke. You no, don't have to another, try to pick it apart. Another silver lining is that we got back at 2.30 ab- <laughs> in, the, in the afternoon instead of 2.30 in the morning from oh India yesterday. Oh, my God. That would have been horrible. I mean, it would have been worth it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. 
like, like with the with the losing an hour of sleep and everything, that would have been today would have been an absolutely miserable day at work. It still <laughs> wasn't great because it's a day at work and it was a Monday, but but it's only a three day week, Stan. Now a two day week. Bless. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so it got up to fifteen to start the second half. Terrible, like it was for about probably 10 minutes there. It was basically we'd go down and score, they'd go down and score, we'd go down and score, they'd go down and score. And finally, I think it was specifically we were getting it between 9 and 11 points for like basically like a, an entire media timeout section. Um, like, like they would get a bucket, we'd get a bucket, they'd get a bucket, and it was just back and forth and back and forth. And that was really frustrating because we were making shots which is what we had to do, but then we just could not get a stop for the life of us. Yeah, and then we finally get something going. We get a bucket, and then Connor draws a flagrant uh, flagrant one. Still haven't seen that replay. Have no idea what happened. Uh, uh, Evan said it wasn't as bad. Uh, it wasn't that bad on TV, he said. Yeah, I I did not ever see what happened there, but I'm pretty sure that's the same guy that, like, uh, the last headbutt. year. Yeah. So there's history there. And so our 58% foul shooter steps up and knocks down the two biggest free throws of the year. And then we get it. Was that to get it to five? Was that to get it to five then? Or was that? I don't know. When we got, when, got. When we got it down to five, I legitimately thought that, like, I'm not going to say that I thought that we were going to win. I thought it was going to come down to the wire. And then Illinois just went on like a quick 6-0, and that was pretty much the game after that. But when we got it down to 5, I was feeling really good. It felt like we had all the momentum going for us, and then Illinois just went on like a real quick run, and basically that was the end of the game. But did, wasn't there like J-Bo brought it up and like pulled the trigger on a 3 that would have like really cut it down to like 2 or something, and he missed, and it led to a transition bucket for Illinois? Do you, Maybe I'm wrong in remembering that. I'm not exactly sure, but I I never felt like we were going to win that game. Oh no, yeah, no, never for a minute, never for a minute. Like we all, I know we all went in expecting to lose. Like, and I didn't think it was going to be particularly close because I I just had a terrible, terrible feeling. I actually I think what I called pretty much exactly happened. We sort of close in the first half, and then get away from us. But they did make it a little close at the end. But I still didn't. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's a shame that uh, Wee's Camp three at the end ended up getting waved off after the fact. Yeah, I thought he got sure. Uh, Joey, would you would you like to talk a little shit about uh, your least favorite chant that Illinois fans did? Which one was that again? The overrated. The only... oh, okay, uh, yeah. Listen, Scuba brought this up too. But if you are rate, you know. It doesn't matter what you're ranked compared to the other team, but especially if you're more highly ranked and you're chanting overrated at a player on the other team or at the other team in general, not only are you belittling your own achievements by beating a team that's pretty good, but it just it's just a stupid chant to do. It is, and it's like I can understand if you do that if like there's a player that's highly touted on the other team and they put up like a stinker. Luca had twenty one and ten, like that's not a bad game. We get like we think of that as a bad game in Luca terms because like if he doesn't score like twenty nine or something like that, we're like, oh, we had an off night. But like twenty one and ten is a fucking great game by pretty much every center in the entire country. Like, I yeah, it's it's just the the moment and the player like. And everything around that situation was just really dumb. Yeah, and I'm shocked that that chant even gets going anymore because I feel like the majority of people will share that opinion with us that it's just a dumb chant. Like almost everybody I talk to thinks it's stupid, so I don't know who's starting this chant. And that was another big uh, difference in the game. There, there was certainly an assload more Illinois fans than there was Iowa fans. They definitely had home crowd advantage, without a doubt. And, like, you couldn't even really tell there were Iowa, like, Iowa fans there. Not until they got it down close late were you even, able to tell. Even then, like, I was looking around. There was not a ton of black and gold in the stands. No. There it was, was kind of disappointing, honestly. Orange Crush showed out, but they were a lot closer. Yeah, I mean, us. it's also three hours <clears throat> closer for them. I know. And 
especially this tournament, it was hard to right. Fig- like it was a miracle that we went pretty much. You know, it's hard to figure out. Circumstances we, we surrounding this made it like I'm not disappointed by the fan shot because just like I can understand if people would not have want to gone because of COVID situations, and then they were only selling eight thousand tickets. And when you split a session between four teams' fan bases, I mean, one well, when they announced one week before the tournament that you're say you plan right. to go Friday Saturday, you couldn't. A lot of people couldn't get off Friday to go to that game. So they would just go to the Saturday one like us, and they didn't want to buy tickets and then have to sell them. So I understand that. But the uh, the atmosphere in general at Lucas Oil, I thought I, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, the 8,000 people thing, you don't realize how nice it is, like, sitting with space in, a, in an <laughs> well, arena. Oh. To, to be fair, I mean, it's 8,000 people in a football stadium that holds, like, 70,000. So the spacing's yeah. a lot better than if you have 8,000 people. But in- there was other perks as well. Like, you walked right up to the beer line. Bam, out. In Maybe. bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So there was perks. A nice stadium. Uh, yeah, that might be my preferred way to view a basketball game moving forward. Just like 8,000 people, football stadium. Mm-hmm. Our seats ended up being fine anyway. I hate crowds, so <laughs> it, it was nice. And they already had the March Madness court set up on the other yeah. half of the field, which I thought was kind of cool to see for my I, seats. Uh, I do hope that if Iowa gets to that point that fans do – travel for it i mean i'm not saying i will but i would heavily consider it uh oh you mean if they get like to the final four yeah oh yeah i would that would be a stretch but i would travel for that but i'm not gonna go for anything less than that but that's a good transition here to we can talk about the ncaa tournament now that we have a bracket for the first time in something like 770 days or whatever so, or I don't know how long it is. I saw somebody post something about it. Uh, I can't really speak to much of the other bracket. I remember Iowa's region pretty damn well, though, and I think they got a good uh, cut. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, up in, like, obviously Gonzaga being the one seed and, and uh, you know, in our region is tough because Gonzaga has just proven, like, throughout the year that they're the best team in basketball and they've beaten us. But besides that, I think that we have a pretty favorable path, at least to get to the Elite Eight. I think that Kansas could be a team that could trip us up, but they like just recently had a COVID thing, not really sure how things are sitting with them, and they just kind of had like an all-year of Kansas. But uh, I think that like at an absolute, absolute minimum, we are making the Sweet 16. But uh, yeah, I think that... All, all said and done, we got a pretty favorable draw. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of good storyline opportunities in the region because obviously Iowa Gonzaga, but you could also get Iowa Drake if, what is his name, Hemphill comes back for Drake. I think that's, they're planning on it. And then they're they, expect. And then they tie together a couple, maybe Iowa and Drake meet in, what is it, the Sweet 16? Uh you, and then if Iowa wins the first round game against Grand Canyon, they play Oregon. And I also saw today that Oregon doesn't have a starter that's taller than six six. Ooh, no way! That just simply—I didn't fact check it. Fact check it, but it is the Pac twelve. So I don't. If they don't got a starter over six six, Luca's just gonna fucking well, feast. Also. I mean, I could eat these words later, but I'm not really afraid of any Pac twelve team. Never have been. No, uh, I just don't think I. For I don't know. They just seem like a not very uh, good conference. Yeah. When, when was the last time they won? I know it's been forever for the Big Ten, but oh, had to be like Arizona a long time ago. UCLA Arizona. maybe? No. Yeah. USC? No. I feel like Arizona won it in like the early two thousands. Oregon yeah. made it to the Final Four a couple of years ago, I think. Really? Yeah, they did with when they had Peyton Pritchard. I'm pretty sure. Got the long feathery hair. No, no he was, Peyton Pritchard was last year. Point guard. He was only last. No, he was more than. We no, played, he played last year. We played um Oregon in the NIT one year, and they, they had that guy it. with the full head. 2011. Of, that's when we played the them. Basketball because he had like some heart condition or whatever. Really? Yeah. Feathered and lethal. But uh, yeah. So uh, nine Big Ten teams. Uh, Illinois a one, Ohio State a two. Iowa two, Michigan a one. I would be 
so happy. It would be hilarious if the whole Final Four was the Big Ten teams. Because it could be, right? It could be Illinois. Yeah, it could be. There's a one and a two in each, like a one or a two in each region. That would just be awesome. So, I mean, like, it would, it's, it would be shocking because just, like, for four teams from any one conference to make it that far would be pretty remarkable, like, regardless of how highly seeded they are. But, but, um, if, yeah, that'd be something. If the Big Ten is as good as they've been saying, I mean, I've, we've been saying that, I mean, if we're being, if we're going to be honest about it, though, Iowa is probably the team that has like the worst chance of right. being oh, like, yeah. one of the four Big Ten teams to represent in the Final Four, just because they have to play Gonzaga. Yeah, they, assuming that Gonzaga rolls most of their competition and Iowa makes it to that point, we would have to go through Gonzaga. I mean, it was pretty much destiny that Iowa and Gonzaga were going to line up together again. Because obviously they're not going to be the two in the Big Ten or with the one in the Big Ten uh, brackets, and if, it was that or Baylor, and I don't know if they do meet up again. We forgot to talk about this from the game on Saturday. We have got to see more Tony Perkins guarding. Oh yeah, I was going to bring him up Jaylen guarding Jalen Suggs. <laughs> yeah. Because when Perkins came in, he was guarding Io for he was guarding him well, and then also. And we hadn't seen this much this year, but he was giving us a boost offensively. He was driving to the rim and like getting in there. He only like he had four points only, so you know it's not like it was huge, but like it was a change in pace from everything that we had been doing in like to that point offensively in the second half. Yeah, yeah. he was a plug for our Slo- mini comeback. Slowly but surely, the young, the freshmen this year have come in in key moments and really shown out and given me so much more hope for next oh. year. Yeah, the next hope for the next two or three years. We could be like known for being a defensive team when you got Keegan, uh, Perkins, Tucson, I mean, Tucson Ogundale. I mean, we saw him very briefly, but if he looks like he's not afraid to bang around in there, and that's that's I've could seen be huge. like Gundale up close in person a couple times. He is a, he's a lad. He like he's one of those guys where you're like, oh well, you know, he's six ten. Like you're, it's one of those things where you know that they're big, but then you see him in person and you're like. Holy shit, that person is big. That's that was the reaction I had when I saw him like close up for the first time. Big baby Ogundale. Yeah, and then we just got uh uh what was that guy's name we just landed from out east? That six eleven dude. Riley Mulve Mulve. He's a three star yeah. on twenty four seven. I'm waiting for people to start yeah, making the Luca comparisons. Syracuse, he was like one of their main priorities, and we got him. And he's from like the New York area too, so that's a big get. Yeah, and it, it in theory, our recruits should only continue to get better because, well, how, if we have a if we have a good showing this year. Yeah, I was gonna say how we fare in this tournament, I think, will have a big impact on like some of our more ambitious recruiting goals, specifically Omaha Blue, which, but. I'm going to be honest with myself. I don't think that I was going to get him just because like he's a top five national prospect in his class. When you've got Duke, North Carolina, like uh, fucking UCLA, Michigan state, like when you have all of those people recruiting you, it's gotta be a pretty tough sales pitch to be like play for Iowa. Yeah. But you look at Duke out of the tournament, North Carolina, a nine seed or an eight seed UCLA and Michigan state are 11 seeds. Yeah. I think that, like this year, especially with like kind of it just being a wacky COVID year, even though they were like not none of those teams were good this year, I would still call that more of an exception year as opposed to the rule. Because I mean, they have just proven over time that they're consistently like top fifteen caliber teams year after year. Yeah, I know, I know, but let's see if we can sneak out an elite eight this year before dropping it to Gonzaga and try and land a few more recruits though. Um, but before moving on, we should probably hit up our sponsors here. Uh, we got Demer oil out of, uh, Dubuque County. Uh, it's almost a springtime now, but they can still help you out with really anything you're looking for to keep your house warm. Uh, they can get you LP, just anything in general. They sell Phoenix grills. They're three best sellers of Phoenix grills all set up and ready for you to take, to take home. Uh, Toby and Whitey Demers, who you're going to want to look for. Uh, who, Austin, was it you who looked up oil jokes? Yes. 
Do you have one this week? I <clears throat> keep going with the the other uh, ad, and then I'll come back to you because I just I just pulled it up. So I I want to have a, a you know a bit of a second to do some research. Okay. Uh, it's DemerOilInc.com. Their phone number is 1-800-433-3835. Toby and Whitey is who you're going to want to look for. Uh, and then we got Rolling Hills Pork out of Farley as well. Wes Henderson can often be found at Cobra Lane's uh, Family Fun Center uh, in Farley. He g- Go get some meat from him. He's giving us some pork chops, bacon, uh, some brats. Haven't, haven't cooked those up yet, but the pork chops, just nice, moist, thick. Everything you'd want in a pork chop. I'm not a big pork chop guy myself, but sure hit the spot a couple weeks ago when we grilled him up. Uh, His phone number is 319-461-5520. Call him up, Rolling Hills Pork, out of Farley, Wes Henderson. Austin, you got your joke. I do got my joke. And also, I'd just like to say, whenever Wes's meat is in my mouth, it's a good day. I've also got a a pig joke, too. Okay. Who would like right. to go first? We'll, we'll start with the oil joke. <clears throat> As a kid, I always insisted on having olive oil on my pasta instead of meat sauce. Maybe that's why I'm a virgin. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey. Um, what do you get if you cross a dinosaur with a pig? Jurassic pork. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's Rolling Hills Pork, Wes Henderson out of Farley, and uh, Demer Oil Inc. out of uh, Dubuque County as well. All right, so just announced today, better hit on this, uh, Fran McCaffrey locked down through 2027-2028. How- that secures the best of the McCaffrey boys coming to Iowa City, staying in Iowa City. Not only so- that, it secures the legacy Hawks, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. got... We mentioned we're talking about it earlier. Uh, Jack McCaffrey, the youngest McCaffrey boy, uh, who's supposed to be the best. I mean, I, he's what? So, if- I I've heard that, and I say it. I don't know who I've ever heard that from. That's like a credible source. I'm like saying he's the best no, McCaffrey, but it's exciting. <laughs> and actually, I think it was Patrick I saw on Twitter saying that he's probably just hyping up his brother. But they they say he's he's hit a growth spurt and he's the best shooter of the three. So. That's um, probably saying a whole lot. And no. then you got uh, Luke Wieskamp, solid first name. Name. He's he's a <laughs> eighth grader right now, I I believe. Uh, actually, McCaffrey and uh, Wieskamp played on the same AAU team, right? They play on the Barnstormers. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then you got uh, Kareem Earl, AC Earl's son, which he's a freshman at Iowa City West right now, averaged seven and a half this year, I believe. So, who, not sure what's happening on that front, but it would still be cool to see him in Iowa City. Also, that's just an absolute A plus first name for a basketball player. Oh, I mean, Kareem? if you have somebody on a team named Kareem, you can't go wrong. That's a fact. He better have a sky hook in his bag. <laughs> well, we're still waiting on Luca. Yeah, apparently Luca is waiting for the last big tournament to finally break it out. Battery played a long con on us. God damn it! It's do or die now. He has to. Yeah, but. <laughs> But Fran broke or here for seven more years, and I'm a big fan of it. I'm assuming yep. you two are as well. As long as he'd like, just like Kirk. When they like give out long contract extensions like this, like I, I like it. But at the same time, I'm like, when they when I saw it was like extended through 2027, 2028, I'm like, that's that's not even like a real time frame for basketball because like fucking coaches get like big contract extensions all the time and then they have two bad seasons and then they get fucking canned that's just like the way not saying that's gonna happen but like i saw that and i was like well that's so far in the future i don't even have to worry about it the great thing is it's not our money well it kind of is but if he gets, yeah, if he, I mean, if he gets canned yeah the athletic department is like self-sustaining they don't receive any <clears> state funds so it basically is our money every time i go to a game or buy an Iowa shirt or a hat or something. It's ba- it's my basically I am paying Fran McCaffrey's salary, so you guys can thank me. <laughs> oh man, I should clip <laughs> should clip that and put it online. Um but yeah. So I don't know if you saw my tweet today about the numbers comparing the last him and the last five coaches before him. Nope. He, he has I... this, obviously Tom Davis is the GOAT, right? 
but then he's Fran, Fran's second on the all-time wins list and tied for second for NCAA tournament appearances, although he should be ahead, uh, but last year didn't count. So, yeah, like his winning percentage is above 58%, I believe, or 57%. Uh, and considering he started with an absolute fucking <laughs> pile of garbage. Where we had to start when he got here. Well, I mean, God. I feel like every, like once every like fifth podcast, we bring up how terrible the Todd Licklater days were. But God, that was, it was so horrible. It, it was w- so, so horrible. And it was only three years. It feels like it was like a decade. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like before I found out it was only three years, if you would have asked me, I would have said like probably five or six, like just absolutely brutal basketball. And to think, people, like, okay, so what was it? 2017-18 was a bad year, right? But before that, like, we've made the NCAA tournament all but one of those years in, like, the last six years. So, in... I think what, so. What was that? I'm just trying to think, because Fran has made five tournaments as the Iowa head coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah, what are you thinking of? I'm just trying to do, yeah, I guess, whatever. Nothing. I was trying to do some mental gymnastics, but that never ends well. 14, 15, uh, 16, 17 NIT, 18 terrible year, 19 tournament, uh, 20 would have been tournament, and 21, of course, number two seed, best in program history. Uh, but, uh, did this year, did this, uh, year put the Fran February fade to bed for you guys? Yes. I would say so. Because you couldn't have denied, you, you couldn't, I know it's a stupid thing, but it was absolutely still there. Like it happened every year. Well, there was even thoughts that it was happening this year too. And then they just went on a run. They won eight of nine to end the year. But yeah, at the beginning of February, I don't even remember what happened. We lost to Indiana, was it? Indiana twice in the span of like four games. I cannot fucking believe that we lost to Indiana twice this year. Archie Miller got fired. Yeah, he is. Well, and the second time we lost to him, there were people were saying that they could be a tournament team. And you looked at their wins; their only good wins were against Iowa. Us. Yeah, and in both of those games, <clears throat> we had like double digit second half leads. Well, if you want to talk about not very good teams, uh making the big or the tournament from the Big Ten. How was Rutgers so solidified into that NCAA tournament? I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. All along, everybody's been blowing the Big Ten about being so good. I think that the top four teams are very good. After that, it's it's pretty sus. I don't know. I like Purdue a lot. Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue's but- legit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Rutgers, everybody just thought was a, a lock. Well, not everybody, but the committee obviously did. And they just didn't impress me at all when we played them. Like, Rutgers beat Syracuse, Maryland. Ooh, they did beat Illinois. By three by three in Oops. December. They did beat Purdue. Beat Michigan State. Did Michigan State get in? Yeah. They're in a... 11 they, against they, UCLA. They in terms of like actual teams, probably not going to be that great of a game. But in terms of name recognition, got to be the best uh, first four game of in tournament history. UCLA, maybe, Michigan State. Maybe oh, yeah. the like the only one before that probably would have been us and Tennessee in 2014. And we're us and Tennessee are on different levels when you're talking about college basketball programs historically than Michigan State and UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. But, that uh, like before this year, that probably would have been it. Even Michigan State, what was their record? That win at the end of the year against Michigan is probably what got them in. I I am not. A, well, that a was a hell of a win. I would not break a single sweat because I don't know. Like I have no idea how Rutgers beat Illinois. That had to just be luck. Uh, I don't know. The Big Ten was kind of weird like that. Like Minnesota had like four. They were Minnesota was a terrible team. They beat Iowa at home. They beat Michigan at home. They beat, like, one other of the league's top teams. I think it was Ohio State. Like, they had some of the best wins in league play. 
and they won like 13 games all season. It was, it was just kind of that weird year in the Big Ten where like the depth was good enough where like there was an outside chance that any team could win on any given night, but usually the best teams did. But it was just, I guess, just like one of those iron sharpens iron. If you, you play enough good teams all the time, like eventually maybe you'll just put together one performance, and that's what Rutgers did a couple times. Yeah, Michigan State went 15-12, and 12, by the way. 15-12? and 12? Was that yeah. their final record was? Yeah. Ay, caramba. <laughs> that is bad. I mean, Maryland got in with 16 and 13, but... See, they... I don't understand that at all. Well, there. see, I think uh, they beat Illinois and Wisconsin, like, back-to-back. Wisconsin's not that good. Well, it was yeah, when Maryland... Wisconsin was number six. Maryland, so... Rutgers, Michigan State, Wisconsin. I don't think any of those teams have... Like if I was playing them in the tournament, I would not be nervous at all. I, I just think there's got to be better options than those, and that's where I'm saying the Big Ten is overrated. You know, they're valuing that way too much. I think I could see, I could see the Big Ten underperforming in the in the NCAA tournament and just those teams. I don't know. I I think Illinois is very. I mean, I I'm not going to say they're a lock to make it to the Final Four, but if I had to pick a team right now. To go to the final four, with they would not, be my pick. I'm not talking about the top four. I'm saying the last five teams could lose very early on. I don't know. I'd put Illinois closer to the top four than or Indiana top closer to the top four or not or fucking Purdue, Purdue. <laughs> I'd put Purdue closer to the top four with Iowa, uh, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan than I would to Rutgers, Wisconsin, yeah. Maryland, and. Uh, yeah, Michigan State. But uh, would you like to make a prediction in your bracket, right? Or where where where's Iowa getting? I think it'd I be think unanimous. I'll be honest; I haven't looked at it, the whole bracket yet. I've only looked at Iowa's region, but I think they should at least make it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking Elite Eight and. As much as I'd like to say, yeah, hell, hell yeah, Final Four, I just, as this team currently sits, I, j- I don't see us beating Gonzaga. They're they're a freight train. You need to play the game of your year, and Luka yeah. needs to break out the skyhook. This is what everybody's been asking for all along. Everybody wanted that rematch with Gonzaga, and I said, I don't think you do. <laughs> I do. Well, I mean, would you? I'd, I'd rather play Gonzaga than Illinois again in the Elite Eight, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. No. I would – that's an easy 10 out of 10 times you ask me that question. I'm picking Gonzaga over Illinois. Based on what? Based on what? Illinois being an absolute fucking unit right now? Gonzaga hasn't lost all season. Uh, they were down by 14 against BYU in the conference championship game. They were trailing a couple games ago to Pacific maybe in the second half. Like, they're looking more vulnerable than not. I don't, I don't know. Like, they, their conference is, it, outside of them sucks. And that's kind of a thing where, like, if they really wanted to, they could move <clears throat> to a better one. But it, it helps them to be, you know, in the West Coast Conference and kind of just be the only team. But they more than made up for that this year with, like, who they scheduled yeah. in their non-conference. Like, they played Iowa. They played... Like they 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 beat Iowa, they Virginia, beat, Kansas, I believe. Yeah, like they All had a, they, their own. They, they had a game scheduled bracket. against Baylor. Like they did enough to like prove that they're legit with their non-conference schedule. That I'm not going to look at them. Still, you, you let's not discredit this. They did not lose a game yeah. this entire season. Not, not slipping <laughs> up against the Bunnies is something that yeah. not a lot it's, of teams can do. Even especially like when you're as good as they are, and you kind of have like the the perception around you that everybody's saying this team should go undefeated, like in their conference slate, like that can get to players heads and it's easy enough to overlook an opponent like one night and just slip up and lose. Like we should not, we should not be undervaluing the fact that they just had an undefeated regular season. It does not happen very often. Yeah, I know, but I'll never give them credit. I, 
I will always give them less credit for playing in the WCC, whether it be right or wrong in your opinion. I'm just always going to have that opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, like, for them, it's a it's a no-lose situation to be in that conference because they're just going to be the freight train that runs through it the whole time. But, like, if they really, really wanted to, like, step up to be, like, on more of a national scale, they could move into the Pac-12. Like, And I know that we already kind of shit on the Pac-12 earlier. <laughs> but, like, obviously the competition in the Pac-12 is going to be markedly better than what it is in the West Coast Conference. Like, I, if you're if you're Gonzaga, you're ranked like in the top five a lot of years anyway, or like at least the top twenty five. What is your incentive to move into the like the Pac twelve or a different league where you have the potential to lose more games on a consistent basis? Let's play a fun game here. Outside of Gonzaga and BYU, can you name <sighs> three other WCC teams? St. Mary's, Washington State. No. Nope. Okay, then no. <laughs> let, let me double check. I think St. John's, maybe. I'm I'm pulling it up. I can name There's three. A, one Saint yeah. something in there. St. Mary's is the <laughs> only one you have correct so far. Well, I'm one of two. 50%, I'll take it. Um, the two I would have named were San Francisco and Pacific. SF Austin. No, that's Texas. You moron. um yeah i don't know like yeah it's just a joke but yeah whatever they're still a really good team like i'm not gonna ever i'm not gonna take that away from them they are a very 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 good team but yeah uh all right do we have anything else basketball related we'd want to talk about before we get going Oh, should we invite the people to, if they want to be in your bracket challenge, to DM us and? Oh yeah, the- if you want to be in a bracket challenge, five dollar entry. You can enter as many as ten times, but it's five bucks a bracket. So be careful what you do. Um, unsure what the payouts will be once I get everybody's money and everybody has a bracket in. Uh, mm-hmm. I can figure that out. Uh, the the password for the group is. All caps, go Hawks, and my Venmo is Myers underscore Luke, where you shoot the five bucks too. Uh, you should have just told the DM you if they want in for the details, because now we could just get a bunch of unsolicited entries without any pay. If don't, you listen to this, don't do that. Yeah, don't don't be a jerk. Um, also, I'm pretty sure I found a way to game the system already. I was talking to Joey about this. So, Uncle Joe's stimulus is about to hit. I can have 280 entries at $5. There's no way if I put it all in there, I don't win with 280 didn't, attempts. Didn't you spend your stimmy uh, already on some other things? Mm-hmm. Like a Maybe. stiffy? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty funny, too. The stimulus isn't rolling out this week. Stimuli. And uh, it's all just like a lot of it is going to be used on under-the-table gambling for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I think I got a message from my bank that mine's supposed to hit on Wednesday. So, um, just I'm over two on those, so I probably won't get this one either. Uh, so, do you guys want to have a circle talk or whatever? What? What? Like uh, what we usually do at the end of the show? Oh, I don't have anything. I thought you were asking us if we wanted to yeah, come over Jesus. and have a circle jerk. Your little backhand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you? Would, should I think of one on the fly here? Uh, well, I don't know. There's a little, uh, like, football. Well, yeah. I guess uh, the uh, the football team officially announced the yeah. hires for offensive line and running backs coach. I especially like Liddell Betts as the new running backs coach. I'm always a big fan of bringing back former players, especially yeah. well, one that was great at their position. Mm-hmm. And he's been coaching high school down in Florida, so he's got like still a southern connection because that's where we get a lot of our skill players from is like down in the south. So I, I like that in terms of like how it could potentially help out recruiting as well. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great move. Uh, and then we got uh, George Barnett, right, offensive line coach. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot about him. Yeah, I but don't either. I'm just what I've read. It seems like it's a pretty universally uh, liked move, so I'll take it. 
Yep. Uh, and then, are they having a combine this year? Or no? I don't think so. All right. Because I'd love to see Brandon Smith absolutely destroy that. But He's a freak. Yeah, that dude is an animal. And mm. Amir Smith-Marset would probably break some records in the 40 time. And then do a flip and hurt himself. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're not going to do one of those? Or I guess wrestling is this weekend too, right? Starts on Wednesday. Yeah, starts on Wednesday. Uh, all 10 wrestlers made it. Yeah, we should. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but we should pretty much steamroll our way to a team championship this year. Austin, this was like you the other day at the Iowa Illinois game when J Bo got fouled and went to the yep. line. And said, "Oh yeah, these are gonna these are gonna go in." And no, then, I said I, this. Don't quote me wrong. When I when I screwed up, it was I said that's two points immediately. He missed. <laughs> well, that's worse. <laughs> and then he misses the first one. It yeah, was a 90- I mean. Freaking like percent foul shooter. My favor there, but uh, like I was toughest competition for a national championship in wrestling is a team like is either like Penn State or Michigan or like any other team from the Big Ten basically, and we just kicked the shit out of everybody in the Big Ten championships. So I don't. <clears throat> there's like there's no reason like outside of like an injury or just some absolutely wild upsets <clears throat> early on in the tournament that Iowa does not win this. Uh, it was kind of funny. So the whole Big Ten is good for the most part. And I was looking at the team standings during the Big Ten championships, and freaking Maryland had two team points. <laughs> nice. That killed me. That, like everybody else is up there near 100 or whatever, like doing all right, and then bam, two. Bam. absolutely miserable but i guess they're just not a wrestling school so and everybody can be iowa nope uh also i guess mention quick the lady hawks i guess yeah definitely have to mention them just mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely steamrolled their way to the big 10 championship uh big 10 championship game got killed by maryland but uh, they probably I the bracket was released tonight. I haven't seen yet. They're probably like a six or a seven seed, I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, Austin, what's the girl? I can't pronounce it. Sinano. Sinano. Uh, <laughs> she went off the first game for what thirty six or thirty eight points on like fourteen of sixteen shooting. It was very efficient. Yeah, and then the next game, Gabby Marshall popped off from three-point range, and then Caitlin Clark was great throughout all of it. Uh, probably the most consistently good program at Iowa over the last, aside from wrestling, over the last yeah. five yeah, I was years. Wrestling, I mean, haven't won a champion. Still placing, like, top three, but yeah. They're good. Lisa Bluter, she's a, she's a great coach. She's as good of a... Uh, I, I'd probably say she's the second best coach at Iowa. I mean, just look at the coaches across the board, though. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Kirk, Brand, Brands, and Bluter. Oh, and then, like, Rick Heller. Rick Heller doing some shit with baseball. We got a new track and field and, like, cross country coach, and they won the Big Ten championships this year for the first time in forever. Like, and for the first, maybe first time ever mentioned on the podcast, I believe the men's gym, gymnastics team <laughs> did some stuff didn't they i have no clue yeah well, but, i think the, i think women's gymnastics like won um, the big 10 this year maybe that was they, it they were undefeated in big 10 so i think they shared like a big 10 uh <laughs> title big gymnastic guys <laughs> yeah yeah you come at us with i think the men's <laughs> gymnastics team just did something yeah you didn't really Don't set us up. Yeah. You didn't you didn't set us up very well for that one, Luke. I'm just trying to include everybody, all right? Well, we uh women swimming and diving back full time. Yep. That's cuz Gary Barda was terrified that he was going to lose another uh lawsuit, which was going to happen. He's good at that. He's real he leads the nation. Undefeated. He's he <laughs> leads the nation in athletic directors losing lawsuits. Yeah, he's probably towards the Top as far as gross money lost, I'd imagine. Gotta be. Yeah. Um, but it's never resulted in sanctions or anything for the teams, so. Yet. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, uh, just another thing that we're first in. The only thing, other thing I can think of is Luca's getting his number retired. Absolutely deserved. That's up there for one of the coolest sports moments I've I've witnessed. I think when they announced it and he gave that little speech, that and Joe Maurer's uh, last game when he came out and caught. I uh, cried one. like a little bitch. Unreal how much I cried. <clears throat> yeah. So, but do you guys have anything else you want to add? Are you going to do the circle jerk talk or no? <laughs> well, what are we going to talk about? Well, you you decide. You're the one that you said you would decide. If you don't have anything good, we don't have to. Yeah, I was going to say. It's better to just end on a good note. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything more. Uh, I I did maybe the whitest thing of my entire life today. I got replacement pieces for my Crocs in the mail, and I was very excited about it. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, no, I got something, too. Uh, little NBA talk. Tune in tonight at 9.30 for uh, Warriors-Lakers. I received some feedback that from my father that he didn't like the NBA talk. So, Dad, if you're listening, there's not much left in the podcast, but now we're talking about the NBA, so you can turn it off. Yeah, let's see if Dad listens to this. Dad, if you listen to this and you're to this point, send us a text, and I'll buy you a drink when we're in Florida. Send, send us a text that says, LeBron greater than MJ, and we'll know you listened all the way to this point. I doubt he will. Do we want to place money on this? I don't know. Nah. He definitely won't listen to it before we go to Florida. No. Maybe on the plane. But, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show's is HTR underscore pod. Mine is Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is Joe Mama 2196. Austin's is Myers Austin. Uh, NCAA tournament, guys. We've waited a couple years for this, so let's enjoy it a little bit, and hopefully Iowa puts together a good run. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Hawks. Nebraska.